Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast. Today, the topic we're going to grapple with is, what is the public value of the humanities? Before I delve into this, I want to introduce you to Andrena Zafiraku. She won the Global Teacher of the Year Award in 2018, winning a million dollars of prize money to spend on whatever she pleased. What did she spend it on, you might wonder? Well, on setting up a fund for the arts. After winning the award, the then Prime Minister Theresa May offered her a job to become the new face of a recruitment drive to get people into teaching. But she turned it down, showing her concern for the devaluing of the arts and humanities from the government. She passed off an opportunity to be a millionaire, not even spending a penny on herself. This is because of the profound value she sees in the arts and her grave concerns over its defunding. She decided that if the government wasn't going to value and fund the arts, then she would. Amongst other things, she discusses the incredible value of the arts on children expressing themselves and even suggests that the arts can bridge the gap between abilities. For example, giving the chance for students who may have English as a second language to still express themselves in a more creative way. And she's indeed right. The government have been rapidly reducing funding to the arts, while Dominic Cummings has been increasing the STEM Budget rapidly, Gavin Williamson, the Education Secretary, has been rapidly defunding the arts and humanities, suggesting halving the budget. Professor Helen Small, who deeply analyses the public value of the humanities, discusses that one of the most significant issues facing the humanities is showing its value in order to increase the funding. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. Why I think these cuts are so devastating and what I think the important public value of the humanities really is. So, what are we referring to when we discuss the value of the humanities? Well, Helen Small says that they study the meaning-making practices of human culture, past and present, focusing on interpretation and critical evaluation, primarily in terms of individual response and with an ineliminable element of subjectivity. Today, I will be arguing for the value and importance of the humanities through the lens of education, drawing on my experiences working for Jim Bowers Education Foundation. The foundation has mostly been focusing on preschool years, but they are moving into researching the curriculum. Their aims are to find out what is important in the curriculum in order to lobby, fund research programmes and make creative useful outputs to help such as apps. My role was to research into the value of the arts and humanities within education, exploring issues with its defunding. Today I want to make two main claims about what I feel the public value of the humanities within education is. The humanities are very important for creating rounded individuals with skills such as empathy and compassion. And secondly, I want to address the line of thought that we are living in a technological era where humanities are losing value. I instead want to argue for the important use of them side by side. My approach here will be layered, drawing on both research I did at the foundation and what this presented to me about the public value of the humanities but also how I saw the values of my own humanities education through working there. Oxford professor Tony Ode, in his paper, Humanities in the Primary School, Philosophical Considerations, argues for the strong value of the humanities in education in creating a whole child. 
he says that we should avoid narrowing the curriculum in order to foster thoughtful and compassionate people. He also says that a broader curriculum encompassing humanities helps children to develop the qualities and attitudes necessary for active, critical and humane citizenship in a world of diversity and constant change. Building on Ode's suggestion here, that there is great value in breadth of learning and specifically that the humanities are really important for shaping a whole child, is some research I did for the foundation on the Finland model. Finland's education system places great value on a rounded education, including the humanities, fostering curiosity and engagement, and they consistently are very successful in this. Instead of STEM, science, technology, engineering and mathematics, which is so highly valued by the UK, they focus on STEAM, which adds the arts into the mix. Their method of teaching and learning is also highly creative, allowing students really active roles in their learning and fostering flexibility. When the most successful education systems are really valuing the arts in this way, we can see the value in education. It seems relevant here to discuss a traditionally science-based issue such as climate change. Of course, this is a scientific issue at root, but without compassion for the planet, ethicists and individuals who really understand human beings and what drives them, how will we really motivate and encourage people to make changes in their daily lives? As Jonathan Bate argues, questions surrounding the climate of what our obligations are to the planet itself, future generations and other species are questions that we need the framework of the humanities to answer. Language, history and philosophy are so important here. This importance of a grounded education involving the humanities is something which I saw further value in through my role at the foundation. My role included gathering data, both qualitative and quantitative, condensing and analysing it, and presenting it in a logical and meaningful way, all skills that I learned throughout my humanity-centred education. I was able to think on my feet in responding to feedback and to persuade and pitch my ideas to the group. Jonathan Bate argues that the humanities foster critical thinking, which is indispensable. And I really saw just how indispensable this skill was to me through my work there. I recently wrote a philosophy essay on the ethics of toppling Colston. And despite having strong opinions on this topic, the ability to engage with the other side and try to understand their thinking in order to critically analyse both sides of the debate is a skill that I saw coming into use working for the foundation. Not taking information at face value, but really looking into the deeper implications. And this is a skill that I've learned throughout my philosophy degree. Building on the importance of being rounded, in one of my meetings for the foundation, we discussed that people are more productive when they play to their strengths. A workforce or classroom of creative and expansive thinkers will perform poorly if forced into a linear thinking of STEM. This suggests that while we should nurture cross-discipline, we should also perhaps accept that everyone is different. While we should encourage students to be rounded, we may also accept individual differences. Allowing a rounded education gives the chance for students to realise what path best suits them, be it engineering, philosophy or theatre. Pursuing a narrow curriculum of STEM will force creative individuals into a demoralising position of crushing their creativity and curiosity, which is avoided in, say, the Finland model, which fosters breadth and choice. However, you may say, we are living in a technological era. Where is the place for the humanities here? 
Well, Kathy Davison, a professor in the digital humanities, sees technology and the humanities as profoundly linked. As opposed to having a binary relationship, the two can act together. Davison says, while scientists and engineers are responsible for the discoveries and inventions, humanists consolidate those experimental findings, explain them and aggregate their impact in such a way that we suddenly have not just the new, but an epoch defining paradigm shift. Building on this, in my placement, I really saw firsthand just how valuable technology can be in the hands of humanities students. The team, who all had humanities backgrounds, were working on an app teaching children English and history, which specifically would be there to help children who may not be learning a high level of English at home, perhaps due to it being their second language or other circumstances. Here I saw the value of interdisciplinarity at work. The team had analysed vast data on the importance of teaching language skills at young age and then through technology had created an output of a creative and engaging app. What struck me was that while the tech side was imperative, in order for the tech to actually be useful, the team had to understand people. The profound empathy of putting themselves in the shoes of young busy parents and thinking what will help, what will make them want to use this app, here, the empathy, cultural awareness and emotional intelligence of everybody there, profoundly humanities-based skills, were so obvious to me. I always find myself thinking of this quote from To Kill a Mockingbird that my wonderful English literature teacher taught me in GCSE. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. This quote has always resonated with me. And this skill, which I learn in a literature class, is an indispensable skill for understanding other people. This is exactly what we had to do researching the app, step inside of their shoes. This is a sentiment shared by other humanities scholars too. In an article for the New York Times, Frank Bruni writes about the value of his English literature degree, stating, It was a stepping stone to a more aware and thoughtful existence. Related to this, Gorry and Westbrook, in their befittingly named article, Once More But With Feeling, Empathy and Technology and Customer Care, argue for the importance of standing in the shoes of the customer. Building on this, perhaps this presents the importance of interdisciplinarity beyond the classroom and actually how integral it is even to the most STEM-based businesses. The Amazon Alexa was built by engineers but used people who understand human behaviour to decide how far people will accept AI in their homes, what will freak people out, and what will make this technology really useful. All of this shows the profound importance of valuing the humanities alongside STEM and their necessarily symbiotic relationship. So, while the biggest issues facing us today on the surface may seem to be issues of science and tech, I have suggested that they are actually much more layered. The COVID vaccine and decisions around lockdowns, of course, stemmed from STEM, if you pardon the pun. However, what is the point in a vaccine without people who understand culture, human behaviour and motivation? How will we motivate people to take it or to stay locked down in their house for months without understanding humans? And this is at the core of the humanities. Not only do the humanities foster the important skills and traits discussed of empathy, critical thinking and compassion, 
but they also act in unison with the growing science and technology to create rounded individuals. Maybe we should stop pitting STEM against the humanities and instead see the amazing work that can be achieved through their combination, understanding that technology is made for and by humans. While the humanities are certainly undervalued, this by no means suggests that they are not valuable, and I hope I've presented this to you today. It's ironic that Dominic Cummings, who is currently pushing STEM, and Boris Johnson, the current Prime Minister, did history and classics degrees. Martha Nussbaum, an influential moral philosopher, recently said that Socratic questioning is unsettling and people in power often prefer docile followers to independent citizens able to think for themselves. Perhaps this is their fear, but the humanities have transcended technology and will continue to do so. Ending on a positive note, just this year in London and Edinburgh, new interdisciplinary universities have been set up which foster exactly this, the combination and valuing of all different disciplines, including the arts and humanities. They suggest that their graduates with both STEM, arts and humanities skills will be well equipped at tackling some of the most complex and pressing issues of our time, creating individuals who can think critically Hopefully, we are moving towards a world in which the humanities are being valued even more. Understanding the importance of STEM doesn't have to undermine the profound importance of the humanities. Thank you for listening to me today. Please consult my show notes below for references and more information on what I've presented to you today. Bye.